Hello and welcome to episode one of Boundless Fox. I'm Holly and today we're going to talk about running. Not literal though, because I don't want to run. God says only the wicked run when they're not being chased and I'm not wicked. But we're going to talk more about like metaphorical running. What I mean is most people I think have a personality type. They either are a marathon runner or a sprinter. I myself am a sprinter. Like I can do anything if I can do it all in one go. <laughs> Whereas like a marathon runner is more like I'm in this for the long haul. It might take me some time to do this, but I'm going to do it. You know, like I don't know. I guess they they can just be more committed to things, I think is what I interpret it as. But like I said, I'm a sprinter. I think with sprinters, I spend, I think being a sprinter, I guess, I spend a lot of time just not doing things. I mean, when I say that, I mean, not putting things off. I mean, literally not doing things like sitting on my couch. I do a lot of, I wonder how many things can I make my digital assistant do, you know? I wonder, I wonder a lot. I just sit around and wonder. (laughs) Um, I also want really quick results. Like, I kind of can't diet. If I at any point have lost weight, it's definitely been because of like a conscious effort, but not because I necessarily kept to something and stuck with it for a really long time. It's like a conscious effort was made and happenstance worked out. (laughs) Um, But it's not all negative being a sprinter either. I mean, because there's obviously like there's ups and downs to both of those things. Um, I am great at like re-railing a speeding train. (laughs) You know, I'm not sure re-railing. Re-railing is a word, but we're going to go with it. Re-railing. I, when things go crazy, I am like A1 person you want around because I'm also very decisive like and I am okay if I've made the wrong decision saying like I've made the wrong decision this is the reason I did it um but I will always make a decision and a lot of times when you're in those crisis modes that is what you need someone to just go okay these are the facts I've sped through them and now I'm I'm spitting out results um And, like, especially as a parent, like, I think it's really good. I think um, Dave Ramsey has a thing where he talks about how in every relationship there's, like, a nerd and a free spirit. I think in every relationship, I'm not saying you have to, I guess, you know, but in my experience, um, in every relationship there's a sprinter and a marathon runner. And I'm definitely a sprinter, and it means that, Sometimes that means the responsibility gets put on you in a crisis and you kind of need help, but you've got a marathon runner with you and you've got to just do it your own way and get it done with. But we'll get to that a little bit later about when your spouse is not the same. (laughs) Um, But like I said, as a sprinter, I'm really good at like in a pinch. Um, Whereas a marathon runner, I don't necessarily think because I'm not one that... My opinion about that is particularly fond, but also my husband is one, or that it's knowledgeable, but again, like I said, my husband is one, so I think I do know something of it. 
I know that sometimes where he struggles is meeting goals because he's in it for the long haul, but he can also get a bit distracted, (laughs) you know? When you're running a marathon, you're taking the time to do these things like the long way around sometimes. And sometimes that means you're 75% of the way there and you're bored or distracted or you've moved on to something else that you need to sort out, but you're running another marathon and now you're good, you've run into another marathon. Um, I also think sometimes it can make him a bit of a busy fool. And if you don't know what a busy fool is, it just means somebody who isn't necessarily doing things with their time, even though their body's moving, if that makes any sense. I don't necessarily think any of these things are bad either. I'm not saying like if you are a marathon runner, then this is, you know, whatever. But we all fail in some respects. The thing I do really think and appreciate about having a marathon runner in the house and um, I'm going to call them marathoners from now on because I'm sick of saying that over and over again, Um, is that they can be really resilient. Like I'm not resilient. I am like, okay, I didn't get the results I wanted and now I'm done with this. Whereas he is like, well, you're going to have to like keep at it. It's not like that's not how it works. So, but being a sprinter and a marathon runner, okay, we're going sprinter and marathoner from now on, if I can remember, um, you know, there's a few different areas. I think as a work at home parent, as a parent in general, as a wife, where it can really affect the way you do things. And I'm not really sure anyone has ever, I know to me personally, no one has ever really spoken to me directly and said, okay, as a sprinter, this is how you should do this. And I, so I'll cover a couple of different topics, um, today about how you can do those things effectively in your style, some tips and kind of tricks. Um, most of these are related to either like, home, family, kids, those kind of things, um, or partners and relationships. So if that's what you're interested in, then this is where we are today. Um, the first topic I wanted to cover is meal prepping. Now, as a sprinter, I take one day, uh, sometimes two days if I've got a lot, but, and I cook. I cook everything. I, one of the ways that I fall short is the idea of getting up every single day at at like, you know, whatever time, five o'clock, we'll say for the sake of this argument and making dinner sounds like my idea of purgatory. I hate it. I cannot stand it. I will do anything to not have to cook every day. Um, so I sprint, I use that ability that I have, or, you know, sometimes that, you know, downside to help myself out. And I will knock out meal after meal after meal and in one go. Um, so today, for instance, I, we tend to shop at Costco. I get boxes of 60 eggs. We usually get two. So I cooked a whole box of 60 eggs. Um, I did about uh, three quarters of it in scrambled eggs. And then I did a dozen um, 
like boiled eggs, a little over a dozen boiled eggs, which I'm currently doing the modest shopping fitness program thing. So that's what I'll eat. I don't really like scrambled eggs and this week's meal plan is, um, a scrambled egg with some other stuff, but I'm going boiled because that's my preference. Um, that's actually the only really way I want to eat eggs ever. So for the record, um, and so yeah, I cook like a box of 60 eggs and, um, then I'll freeze some of the scrambled eggs as they are scrambled. Some of them went into making breakfast burritos. I also cooked a bunch of packages of bacon and um, grated cheese. Like I grated a bunch of cheese. Um, and I'm doing all this at the same time. So then I make these breakfast burritos. Then I've got breakfast sorted. We've got eggs if we need them. We've got bacon if we need it. We've got breakfast burritos when we want them. We've got all those things there. You know, they're ready to eat and I don't have to make them. I can stick them in the microwave. My kids can stick them in the microwave. I highly recommend that you teach your children how to be self-sufficient. Um, and then, you know, you go from there. Now, if you're a marathon runner, alternatively, I think with meal prepping, a better way to approach it is not to try to sprint. <laughs> Don't try to take a whole day to do that because when you do, you're going to get worn out and you're not going to be happy. And ultimately, you want to, all of the things that you do in your life, anytime you set a routine, anytime you do that, you shouldn't be working against your strengths and weaknesses. You should be working with them. So I think with a marathon runner, the idea would be, you know, you don't mind getting up and cooking dinner, but, you know, sometimes you do need to make some other things. And sometimes you can't be the one that cooks dinner or some, maybe you're going to have a baby or maybe you're, you know, any of those number of things. Maybe there's a babysitter coming that night in a couple of weeks, you can, um, make the dinner that you're making and then make two more and put them in a freezer, make one more, make however many more you can, you have room to fit. We are uniquely able to meal prep because we have a chest freezer, which I'll have to get on. Uh, I'll have to do an episode one day about finding deals and, um, the power of prayer. Um, but we have a chest freezer. It's in our kitchen I use it as a worktop as well, <laughs> like, um, to prep food and everything when I'm not putting things in it. So, um, and if you don't have that kind of space, you can still do some of this stuff. You just maybe don't want to do it as much. Anywho, with a marathon runner, yeah, you can meal prep. You just need to do it like a little bit slower. Um, you know, when you make pancakes, let's say you want to make pancakes on a Saturday morning, make the pancakes you're making and make 10 more whatever it is, you don't have to sprint and you shouldn't sprint if that's not where you're strong. Um, so that's my kind of recommendation. Also, I think if you are into the meal prepping thing and you are a sprinter, I'm sorry, you are a marathon runner. Um, I think one thing is kind of setting up a plan to keep yourself accountable because I find that with my husband, the thing is, is that he has said, okay, I'm going to do this. Um, but a week later, he's forgotten. So even if it's writing down the things for a whole month that you want to do and saying, okay, every Friday night from this point forward, I'm going to make three of whatever I make for dinner that night. Um, 
you know, write that on the calendar, write that in your diary, write wherever you write, whatever, which way you remind yourself how to do things, put it in your phone so that you can say, and then set a reminder at the end of the month. And this is a big one because it's like, I think one area where we as parents especially struggle is looking back and saying, wow, I messed that up bad, you know? And that that's okay. It's okay to screw it up. It's okay not to do it the first time. It's okay to like have to work towards something. Set a reminder in your phone for the end of that month to look back and see when you actually did it and when you didn't. And maybe you also might find out that you thought you were a marathon runner, but you're actually like me and you like to run really fast, really quick, and then sit on your butt for like three days. Um, um, So yeah, that's one of the areas is with the meal prep thing, you know, try to figure out a, a solution that fits you, not what you want to be. Um, or not what the people that you look at on the internet are <laughs> as well. And then the other thing is, um, and it kind of feeds into that, so it's kind of a nice segue, is um, with your routines with your kids. You know, I am not a, um, I'm not the type of parent who goes and does this, like, I'm, I don't go camping I don't, um, you know, I'm not a gymnastics mom. I can't do those things. I am a, okay, an after school club that they do at school, fantastic. I can pick everyone up an hour later than I normally pick you up. That is not a problem. I don't have whatever part of that brain or whatever part of my brain is supposed to be able to coordinate and commute and do those things. I don't have it. So my routines with my kids are not set up like someone who does. My routines with my kids are teaching them to be self-sufficient because I might not, I, it might very well just be that I can't be asked to do something that they want to do. That does not mean that I make my kids fend for themselves and it doesn't mean that I make them, you know, do things that they're not able to do or anything like that. It means that I make them food that is a good hot meal and then I provide them with a microwave that they can use to heat it up because the idea of getting up in the morning and making them burritos or making them eggs and bacon isn't something that I can do. And I want them to have a hot breakfast. So I've combined my goals with my abilities and then made a routine that works for all of us. It's also with them getting dressed. I have in Alexa, um, you know, music they like. She's now turning on because she doesn't know that I'm not talking to her. Um, That they... Um, that they like that's cheerful and it wakes them up in the morning because sometimes my alarm goes off and I don't get up with it. Um, and they know in our dressing room where the basket is with their school clothes. They know how to put their school clothes on and the little one obviously doesn't. But then when she's awake, they come and get me and say, you know what? She's awake. Sometimes they get her out of the bed, which I do not condone, but does happen. Um, you know, but these routines have been set up so that I am giving them the tools to do the things that I want them to do 
without me. I have one child who's a sprinter and one who's a marathoner. And they need to be able to function regardless of my shortcomings. But that also means that if I want something, like I want them to have a hot breakfast, I've got to put those routines in place. I've got to teach them the things that they need to do to do that, you know? Which, again, lovely segue. Segues into um, overcoming your style. I There are times where I have to get up off my lazy rear end and do stuff. And it's stuff I don't want to do. I've got, maybe it's sitting in a class. I um, am like really good at Sunday school, but I'm not very good at like, excuse me, at like um, sitting in sacrament meeting, which um, if your LDS is like big church, (laughs) um, I don't know. It's like your normal church service because I don't know what they're going to talk about that week. Um, I can't participate and I need to be engaged. Otherwise I'm disengaged. Like it's no, there's no gray area there. I'm either engaged or I'm not. And so, but I have to do that. And so that is like a really small example of how you can overcome that. Um, like you have to, I don't, there's no nice way of putting this, but you got to put your big girl panties on sometimes and you got to just deal with it. And there's no like handbook on how to overcome it. But I think the easiest or the best way to overcome it is to understand when you need to overcome it and when you don't. I think sometimes we get this, a lot of pressure to overcome things that we don't need to overcome. You know, I didn't need to um, change my style of meal prepping, for instance, because I'm a sprinter. I needed to have a new one that wasn't like someone else's. And that doesn't mean that theirs is wrong and it doesn't mean that mine is right and it doesn't mean vice versa. It just means that we were different. Now, there are some times where you have to overcome that. But I think sitting down and saying, you know what, this is an area I'm really struggling in. Do I need to adapt or do I need to overcome? And I think, at least from a sprinter's perspective, the only way to really overcome it is to, you know, like I said, just grow up a little bit and be like, I have to do this. I got to push through. Sometimes I have a Diet Coke and I'm, or um, exercise is particularly difficult for me. And I will have like pre-workout, give myself a little bit of zhuzh, give me some energy. And that is the only way. Um, Whereas for a marathoner, I think, again, it's kind of the same thing though. It's just like pushing. Like you just got to push yourself through it to overcome it, whatever it might be. And I think for different situations, it it might be different, Um, you know, a different solution to overcome. So it's not really worth going into. But I think the most important thing is deciding whether or not it's an adapt or overcome situation. And I think sometimes, especially nowadays, we get really caught up in this whole like you've got to be better, not you've got to be different. Um, And I think sometimes we just need to different a little different a little because that's a way we speak English. Um, and then like working from home as a sprinter is kind of hard because you're all over the place. Like I'm all over the place all the time. I, if someone walked up to me and said, 
what time of day do you, I don't know, exercise? Well, (laughs) that could vary tremendously from day to day. Today, I haven't done it yet. It's almost four o'clock. I will, but it might be nine. Um, you know, tomorrow it could be 5 a.m. Who knows? Um, but that doesn't mean I leave everything to the, you know, I got, you have to have a routine in place. I like Jordan Page's block scheduling method. Um, if you've never heard of Jordan Page, you need to get on that level. Definitely. But, um, where you're not micromanaging the blocks, you're just, you've got these blocks. And when that timer goes off, then, you know, that's over. Now, I can't necessarily keep to it to the to the minute. So, like, for instance, today's a really good example. Again, I was meal prepping, and I had a three-hour window to do that. And at that the end of that three-hour window, because my brain is scattered all over the place, I was still in the middle of cooking something, and it had to get cooked all the way. I couldn't just put it down. So there's flexibility there. But that means that I since I ran over about 15 minutes there... I let my next block run over about 15 minutes. Um, You know, and it also, it's really important that you have those kind of structures even when you are naturally unstructured. Um, And I think the block method really works super duper well for people who think the way that I do because they, um, because it's not so like, all right, at 1 p.m. I need to be here, and at 1.15 I'm going to go here, and at 1.30 I'm going to do this, and at 1.35 I'm going to do this. It's just like, if you could probably do any of those things in that time frame, and this is where it really shines, because when I do something, let's say I have a to-do block, for instance, and it's where I just knock things off my to-do list. If I get through my whole to-do list in 25 minutes, Your girl's got two hours (laughs) to do absolutely nothing. And guess what she will do in that two hours? Absolutely nothing. Whereas I think with a marathon runner, I don't know. I I really don't know. And I'd have to ask my husband about this. And I think we can go in more detail. And I think definitely let me know. Um, You can always email me at info at hollythomas.co.uk. Um... If you're a marathon runner and how block scheduling works for you, if you try it, if you've done it before, if you haven't ever done it before, but you're going to give it a try and let me know because I'd be really curious to understand it a little bit more. I think, um, but working from home, I have a working block. It's usually when my youngest child is napping and that's when I do things. And if I can't, if, if my block has to change, Say she doesn't nap as long. Today she only napped for like 45 minutes. Normally she naps for three hours. So I had to change things around. I can do that. I'll swap it out. I'll do another block that time and I'll leave her much like I am right now downstairs with my husband and while I do my work block. Um, you know, so that's kind of how I deal with the working from home. Um, but like I said, I'd be really curious to see about it and how a block schedule works for somebody who's a bit more long-term minded. Um, and my husband's a good person to ask. He doesn't use a block schedule. I'm not sure he uses any schedule. He is a marathon runner, even though he's still a bit scatterbrained. So maybe, <laughs> I don't know. He's, um, you know, it can be difficult. It can be really hard because I want results now. You know, I get it in my head. I want to buy a house. I want to buy a car. 
and it's like, honey, how come we didn't do this yesterday? Why are we so behind? Where he's like, hey, before we do that, why don't we research? Why don't we, um, you know, put in a lot of time and effort? And some of it's necessary. And I'm not saying that I don't do any research when I make big decisions like that. But my research tends to be calculated and quick and decisive. Whereas his is, mm, well, before we decide what kind of house we like, why don't we reconsider everywhere we've ever lived? And um, I'm like, okay, I'm fine where I am now, but this is what I want in a house. And so bang, 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 let's be decisive. He can be kind of indecisive. We can get in some pretty big arguments about this. And um, I think... The biggest thing, I think this is kind of true with every relationship and anytime you are in an argument about anything, but definitely about this in particular as well, you can't expect your partner to be like you. If you are arguing about something that is your weakness and their strength, let them be strong. If you are the strong one, and they are weak in that area, say it. Say, this is where I'm, you know, where me being a sprinter is really great. Like, I am going to knock this out, and we're going to have it sorted and done, you know, before the end of the day. So why don't you let me take the lead? And if they can't have that conversation with you, then that's, um, you know, the, a bigger problem that I can't help you with today. <laughs> but, you know, if they are the strong one, then you say, you know what, actually, this is an area where you're a lot stronger. I'm not going to be very patient with this. I need a distraction. So can I leave this with you? And you let me know when it's time to execute. Because the execution part is where I'm really strong. The thing about marathon runners, in my experience, and again, I'd love to know if you're not like this, is that my husband can be very indecisive because he's a marathon runner. So we get all the way through the process, which I don't want anything to do with. And then it comes down to let's, we're going to use this real estate thing as a good example. If it came down to it, it would be, he does most of the legwork. And then at the end, we're set with three houses we need to look at. And he'll pick apart every single one of them. And if it was left up to him, we'd never have a decision made. But that's where I'm strong. I can come in and say, you know what, house A Definitely doesn't work for our family. The floor plan is not going to work. Everyone's going to get hurt. I don't like it. It's inconvenient for me. Whatever it is. House C, really nice, really nice neighborhood. But the bus schedule is at 7 o'clock in the morning. I don't like it. It doesn't have a pool. House B, though, it has a pool. And we already know the neighbors. Um, so I think we should pick that one. And most of the time, I think if you have an indecisive partner and you are the decisive one or vice versa, I think the indecisive partner tends to really appreciate the fact that they do have someone there to be like, just pick, you know, today he, um, like my husband's self-employed. So most of the time he's gone all day, um, but there are portions of time and sometimes where he's not and um, today he was like, I need to do something and I've got like four different options, but I've only got like an hour, you know, that I need to fill with work. Basically like 
which option makes money and which I do. And he just mulled through them all. And I was finally like, okay, this is enough. <laughs> you know, what do you want to do? Like, break it down to easy, manageable things. Do you not want to change clothes? I don't, you know what I mean? Just like little stupid things. I can see those and think, okay, well, if you do this, you don't have to change clothes. It only takes about an hour and a half. And we'll be able to do this afterward. And that's it. Um, you know, whereas with someone like him, he could just get stuck in a spiral for two hours. He could waste the entire two hours that way. I think sometimes, um, again, I don't necessarily think it's an overcoming thing. I think when anything to do with your partner, especially, um, and maybe your parents as well, it's less about overcoming those things and more about finding a way to adapt to them. I would say that the next time you and your partner are in an argument where you realize that it's because, you know what, I'm sprinting through this decision and they're in it for the long game. I would sit down and come up with a plan and say, you know what, we need to do this. We need to change our routine because the routine that we have works for you and it doesn't work for me. So what can we do so that you can take on the tasks that are better for a long game person? And what can I do that are better for the short game, t- you know, kind of day-to-day things? Um, and no, and make decisive calls about who is in charge of what. Divide those responsibilities, conquer them by division and say, you know what? I cannot sit and read with my kids. It just, it takes it's too much. My brain is off 9 million other places. If the book gets too long, whatever. My husband's great at it. So he does that. He can sit there. He can, you know, invest that kind of time. He's a terrible cook and he's not very good at making decisions. He's not very good in an emergency when someone falls down and bumps their head and does that kind of stuff. You know, it's me who has to come in. Make sure that everyone in the house knows who's in charge of what. And you don't have to be in charge of everything. And they don't have to be in charge of everything. And it doesn't always have to be that way either. You know, if they're, if you're not home and someone falls down, they can handle it. Give them the space to handle it. And I think that's the biggest thing when it comes to having an, a, par- a partner, especially, or a parent who is the opposite style. is just letting them be who they are so that they can let you be who you are. And then finding out what who's responsible for what and how they should be responsible for that so that everyone in the family is happy and functional and that's ultimately the best thing but please do let me know like I said send me an email at info at hollythomas.co.uk that's h-o-l-l-i-t-h-o-m-a-s.co.uk if you have any questions or if you wanted to know more about this particular topic or like I said if you're a marathon runner but you're also like me where you're a bit more decisive or if you're a marathon runner and you've tried block scheduling because I'd love to know that. All right, thanks and have a wonderful day. We'll see you soon.